It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. We are History Babes. Art History Babe Briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie, and we are the Art History Babes. Today we're talking about one of my favorite boys. You're going to have a lot to say about him, aren't you? I just like talking about him. He is a fascinating one, albeit kind of a terrible person, but he's also super <laughs> problematic. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't like idolize him or anything like that. I just think he's super fun to talk about. He is. And his work's very interesting. And yeah, there's just so much drama associated with our boy Caravaggio. Yeah, I guess we should say his name again. Why am I so cryptic today? I know. It's kind of fun to make him guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> make them figure it out. Like, a like they didn't read it. Title. <laughs> I know. Should we start making the episode titles really cryptic? Like little puzzles that they have Ooh. to figure out? <laughs> that would last about as long as like we couldn't come up with an idea quickly. And then we'd just be like, nah. <laughs> Never mind. Caravaggio. Yeah, here too, you go. <laughs> too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are talking about Caravaggio today. Specifically, Calling of St. Matthew. So yeah, let's dive in. Let's go for it. All right. Michelangelo Merisi da Caravaggio was born September 29th, 1571. What does that make him core? That makes Libra? him a Libra. Yep. That's crazy. Because yeah. <laughs> Libras are usually like very much peace, you know, centered people. And he's, he is a drama right queen. Now, <laughs> right now, Corey's thinking, I need to see a full chart. <laughs> yeah, I do. What's his moon sign? What's his rising? I need to know more. <laughs> so he was orphaned at age 11 and then apprenticed under an artist in Milan where he learned to paint and would eventually master techniques in chiaroscuro and tenebrism. Some attribute his preference for painting low-class subjects, which we'll get into, and scenes to his upbringing, speculation, so whatever the reason. He painted figures with a lot of weight, depth, emotion, and brought heavenly subjects down to the earthly realm, whether contemporaries agreed or not. Throughout his short life, he worked in Rome, Naples, Malta, and Sicily, and his paintings, though polarizing for people of the time, truly shaped the Italian Baroque style and influenced artists across Europe. So a quick breakdown of what we mean by the Baroque. Baroque defines the artistic movement that emerged out of the Renaissance or Enlightenment period. The word literally means misshapen pearl and denotes the twisting helix shape often seen in Baroque art. Baroque compositions also tend to include more movement. Beginning in the 17th century, the Baroque built on Renaissance foundations of rationality and illusionism, but they added more drama. Because who doesn't want more drama? <laughs> I want more drama. <laughs> I want more drama in my art always. In my life, not so much. But give it to me in my art all the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily want it in my life, but it does just seem to be there. So, you know, <laughs> Roll the punches. You, you learn. Yeah, you learn to love it. 
As a style, Baroque adds an intense and emotionally charged spiritualism into what the Renaissance artists were already creating. Artists were much more interested in representing important transitions or the moment right before something important happens. So a good kind of predecessor to this idea would be like Michelangelo's David, where he decided to sculpt the moment right before David flings the rock and kills Goliath. So it's that moment of contemplation, like that moment of calm before the storm. And then that's something that you really see in Baroque art. Yeah, kind of right before the climax of the story. So you feel Mm -hmm. that suspense, that building, and then you get to kind of the tension. Yeah. And then you get to kind of fill in all the juicy details of what happens afterwards. So if you're a day one listener, you already know that Caravaggio has quite the reputation as a bad boy. He would lie and cheat to get what he wanted and even face slander charges for making up a dirty poem about a rival. He illegally carried a sword, pick fights, and the list goes on. Go listen to our Bad Boys of the Broke episode if you're interested in more of that. He was also an artichoke slinger. (laughs) He was. (laughs) seriously go listen to that episode if you have it (laughs) yeah i mean that's like one of our classics you gotta listen to bad boys of the broke for sure we'll link it down below for y'all yes we will so for all of these reasons he's super fun to talk about now but had many a critic in his time he also challenged viewers of the time of mixing high and low subjects within his art, which it wasn't uncommon to see paintings of biblical scenes where people were in contemporary clothing, but it was kind of the level of um, unsavoriness that he would include that really would get people upset. Mm-hmm. So you guys will see when we get there. But The Calling of St. Matthew was one of two paintings he did for the Contarelli Chapel in Rome that sealed his reputation. Have you been there, Nat? Have you been to the Contarelli? I don't think so. No, I haven't because I've only been to Rome. No. I have been to it, which is cool. But I was like, I wasn't learned enough to appreciate what I was looking at yeah. at the time. I mean, like, I had studied art history, but especially my, like, younger days of studying art in undergrad, I was a lot more focused on modern. And, like, I loved studying all the older stuff, but I just didn't focus as much on it. And so a lot of it blended together for me. And Mm -hmm. I went to Italy in undergrad. And, yeah, we went to the Contarelli. And I, I remember, like, seeing these works. And I do remember being like, Caravaggio. I know that guy, you know, sitting with them for a while, but I don't know if I fully appreciated them or what was actually going on in the paintings. But what's interesting about the little like nook where like this painting, as well as two of his other paintings are, is it's like really dark. Like I took Mm -hmm. pictures there. They're not the best because it's this very like dark little space in the back of this already dark chapel, which and then it's like like, dark paintings. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's just like dark. It's just like very dark. And I mean, they're obviously illuminated, but it, but it's still just like a very, yeah, you're like kind of shrouded in darkness while you look at these very dark paintings. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this particularly dark painting. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back. We hope you enjoyed that message from our sponsors. Hopefully yes. you'll go buy whatever it is that they're selling. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> or Please don't. Do. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, we love you anyways. But <laughs> back to Caravaggio and the calling of St. Matthew. In this extremely dark painting, you can make out seven shadowy figures in a barren room. On the left-hand side, five nicely dressed men are huddled around a small table while two men approach them from the right side of the canvas. Even with a visitor's arrival, the two men on the far left don't look up from counting the money on the table. The man on the far right motions a limp hand toward a bearded man at the table. Light illuminates this man's face as he looks back wide-eyed and points to himself like, who, me? I really love this aspect of the painting, like the pointing that's going mm-hmm. on. Because mm-hmm. from a 16th century perspective, it's this very intense spiritual moment. And the way that Jesus is pointing is very like, I don't know, it just it has like a softness about it. Well, like, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure it's like the exact hand that Michelangelo painted in the creation of Adam. Yes. Not God's hand, but it's like Adam's hand reversed, which is so interesting. He really totally is. He really liked to uh, copy Michelangelo. Yeah, I think there's definitely, I mean, clearly some conversation happening there between Caravaggio and Michelangelo. Mm hmm. So yeah, everyone knows those hands from the Sistine Chapel, and it's that very similar hand. And so from a 16th century perspective, it's this pretty intense moment. But I can't help but look at this scene through a 21st century like storytelling lens. So, you know, my vast knowledge of sitcoms and things. Mm -hmm. And I just see like the scene of like Jesus being like, like pointing at him and he's He's like, hey, you. And Matthew's like, who, me? And he's like, yeah, you. Like, it's like a very, like... Oh, it's so familiar. Yeah, it's like a a very familiar, like, confrontational moment, like, almost to the point that it's funny in that sense. But I don't... I definitely don't think that that's what the intention was. But it definitely reads that way now, in my opinion. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It's kind of weird because this painting... I mean, they're in contemporary dress of the time, but like there's something timeless to it in the Mm -hmm. expressions. And I think because the room is so barren and it is just so much about the two main figures, I think it's the simplicity of what he's focusing on that allows it to do that. Yeah. And I think it's also kind of the simplicity of the drama Because it also, likewise, so like that kind of reminds me of a sitcom moment. But the whole scene, which we're going to get into further detail with, but the whole scene also kind of reminds me of like that scene that you see in like every action movie, you know, where like the protagonist busts in to a seedy bar or like a tavern to like break up some kind of illegal ring or get Mm -hmm. information from someone. And like the protagonist in this situation, obviously being Jesus, you know, (laughs) Jesus is our Batman in this situation. (laughs) And and he's like, he just walks in like, where's Rachel? (laughs) Exactly. 
Like, like he needs he needs information. Like he's there to get information. And then like he's trying to get information from the main guy and he's got his eyes fixed on him. While all the other guys are still like, who's this dude? I don't care. I'm focused on my money. So it has this very, yeah, once again, from 21st century eyes, from someone who is well-versed in television and movies, that's what I see. I see that moment (laughs) that still gets played out all the time. So in a sense, even though you have this deeper religious thing happening, the storytelling or the drama of the situation is very timeless. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> back to what I was saying when I was explaining the painting. <laughs> we'll get All there. Right. We'll, we'll so, get there in time. <laughs> so two young boys sit between the surprised tax collectors and the two standing men. The dingy window above the men doesn't emit any light, but reflects an alternative source from the upper right corner somewhere out of view. Plus, the dramatic lighting presented Caravaggio a perfect opportunity to show off his tenebrism skills. If you don't know what tenebrism is, it's basically extreme contrast. Like, if you're editing a photo on Instagram, just push that contrast all the way up. And that's what, like, tenebrism is. You're using a lot of dark to give emphasis to the light. Mm Mm-hmm. So Caravaggio uses harsh light and shadow to illuminate the important features within his paintings. This scene represents the moment where Jesus calls upon Matthew to follow him, as written in Matthew 9.9, quote, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him, end quote. I mean, he kind of nails it. <laughs> like that's, He got all that I in mean, here. that's what happened. <laughs> that's what he painted. <laughs> so Caravaggio's depiction follows the narrative written by Matthew but brings the spiritual down to the natural world instead of any attempt to elevate the scene to one worthy of a heavenly guest as we've previously seen in biblical narrative scenes he paints a barefooted Jesus and Peter approaching an everyday or even unwelcoming situation and in doing this he's challenging the Renaissance notion that beauty equals holiness So yeah, he's exploring the dark side of spirituality, which is like, I'm into that. I was going to say, why do you think we love him so much? (laughs) (laughs) I'm very into that. In a lot of ways, he's facing like the harder parts of religion and spirituality and the, yeah, the dingier parts of just reality, which is... It's beautiful. Is... It I, is. It's I've been cool. known to tell people, like, you're too interesting to be interested in the Renaissance. Let's move on to the Baroque. Like, you just nice. <laughs> you think you like the Renaissance, but you don't even know yet. <laughs> like, that's such a snobby art historian moment. And Man, I love I it. Have so like, many no. of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When this painting was revealed at the Contarelli Chapel in Rome, people were shocked by the informality of the scene. If the painting looks strange to us, imagine how mind-boggling it would have been for a 17th century churchgoer to comprehend. By the standard of the time, this was not your conventional biblical scene, and contemporary viewers would have looked at their attire and weapons, because, you know, Caravaggio can't resist painting a sweet sword. He's a lover of swords. Through and through. And drawn some conclusions about these men. Another thing that would catch people's attention were Christ's bare feet, which were practically eye-level due to the size and placement of the painting. Yeah, so that was something Caravaggio did a lot. He liked to paint feet, Mm. and that was like a big deal. (laughs) It really is, especially holy feet. You don't paint holy feet 
and to Caravaggio. You just don't, (laughs) you just don't do it. You just don't. I wonder if it was, I mean, it's something that people treat as taboo now, even though I don't really think it should be taboo, but I wonder if it was super taboo to have like a foot fetish back in like (laughs) Caravaggio's time. I mean, I wonder if that was even a thing though, because feet were so gross back then. Like I remember my professor (laughs) explained to us like why this was so taboo. She's like, you don't understand. Like dirty feet were gross. (laughs) (laughs) What we think of is like, you know, you've been out in the backyard or whatever, like walking around in summer. Like this was like true, true dirt. Yeah. Never clean. You don't think anyone was getting getting freaky with feet back in <laughs> back in for Oh times? my god, if they were, I don't think they live very long. I think they died of an infection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> As Matthew experiences his moment of spiritual awakening, he is literally and figuratively lit up. Christ's hand creates a leading line toward Matthew, which is paralleled by the harsh light beam and shadow across the wall. It directs our eyes really clearly to the important features of the scene. We can see just enough of Christ to identify him and his intention, his halo, the outline of his face looking toward Matthew, and his limp hand motioning again toward Matthew. In the same way, Matthew's face and hands are lit up so that we can see his moment of recognition and the expression on his face as he experiences a spiritual awakening. But he's still a human being. So if you look to his right hand, he's still reaching for the money. (laughs) So he's like having half a moment of, oh, I'm being chosen by the son of God. And then he's also like, but my money. Dude, that is real, though. Like the constant pull between spiritual growth and transcendence and then also like earthly pleasures. Like it's always going to be a tug of war between those two things. I think that's just what it is to be human, you know? (laughs) And Caravaggio is going to make us feel a little bit more okay about it. And for that, we love him. You're right. Definitely do appreciate the man who who embraces his vices and like knows who he is, you know, like he knows what he's oh, about. Yeah, for sure. He's got a strong sense of who Caravaggio is. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's what it's about. So, yeah. Calling him St. Ma- Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> Oh, uh, so good. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Do you have anything else to say about this? I word? probably said enough. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) definitely check out our YouTube. Been doing some like creativity chats, little quick, like five to 10 minute videos about different aspects of creativity. They're pretty fun. I hope you like them. We're still doing vlogs whenever we do cool stuff. And we're going to Denver very soon. So there will definitely be a Mm -hmm. vlog following that. And probably a tiny little Chicago vlog that will... Just be a little dipping in the toe for me. Followed by a ton of Chicago content because I'm moving there. I don't be like a trailer for all of Corey's content. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have mad Chicago art content. But yeah, get on our YouTube, subscribe, watch all of our videos. Patreon, shouts out to all of our patrons. We love you guys. You're the best. If you want to become a patron, $1 a month gets you access to bonus episodes. You can also give us more and get other cool things like stickers and t-shirts. Check out artandobject.com. It is a really cool website full of art and art historical information. Kind of keeps you on top of what's going on in the art world as 
well as up-to-date art historical research, which is cool. And also, Nat just designed some bomb new stickers that are in the Art History Babes store. So you should probably check those out. They're worth they're worth at least looking at, you know. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything. <laughs> Just but... look at them. And then if you wish, yeah. purchase. Yeah, I feel. <laughs> and then stick them on your belongings. It's, you know. Arguably, it's arguably the most fun thing. part. It's very true. I actually don't I have mine that you sent me and I want to put them everywhere. I want to put one like on my computer. I want to put one on my cool suitcase. Ooh, like I just yeah. want to stick them on all, all my stuff. And if you want to hear more yeah. about Corey's cool suitcase, listen to our ads. Don't skip over them. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to tell you any more than that. <laughs> Don't skip over the ads. There's good deals in those there ads. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you. Thank <laughs> you for, for bearing with us. We love you so much. And, and we'll check you next Bye. time. Bye-bye. All right, Internet, don't give out on me now. It's doing good so far. I'm proud of you, Internet.